five list has got to go. Hey, hey, ho, ho. It's time for us to start the show. Hey, hey, ho, ho. <laughs> well done. Well done, my friend. Welcome, everybody, to the Lo-Fi Top 5, where if you didn't get that reference, it's going to be a weird episode for you. Uh, All sorts of weird. All sorts of weird. The worst, even. Uh, So we are doing our top five. I think we kind of landed on, like, college-related movies. Well, I was opposed to calling them college movies because, like, a high school movie is a definitively, like, a a Breakfast Club or an Easy A or one of those kind of movies where it's, like, in high school. Right. But the reality check, there's not very many of those in college. There's very few and in fact, even when you look at the list of movies that just sort of take place in and around college, still not a huge, huge list. So I didn't like the idea of calling it college movies, but calling it the movie set in that time of your life where most people are in college and maybe some of the scenes are happening in school and some of them aren't and their life goes on and we're going to do this whole thing. That just felt like it wasn't going to fit in the title field. Yeah, I mean, you clicked on something that said the college episode, just to be clear. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what we're calling it. But we did have to put some rules around like, you know, it couldn't be somebody who just maybe was in college for the first scene and then out of the out of college. Like we had to do a little bit of a little bit of massaging, if you will, to make it fit into mold. But we're good now. A wee bit. A tad. A tad bit. How was making the list for you this week, JT? Uh, dude flew through it. Like, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, there's a couple that came to mind immediately. And then, honestly, my favorite part of this was, I think this is going to be one of our most generationally gapped episodes potentially ever. I fully agree. I had a little harder time than you, I think, getting my getting getting my mojo on. Is that is that how they say the mojo phrase? I think. <laughs> Does one get one's mojo on? I don't know. I, I kind of wrote down three like I said the idea last week and we got off the recording and I do what I often do is just I quickly jot down some notes. I jot down three titles expecting to be followed by like 30 more. And then like four days later, I was able to start expanding the list. Okay. It was challenging. I definitely Googled a lot more for my list building than, than I normally would have. Okay. I think that's okay. But so, but you got there, and in getting there, Jeremy, did you put together a spreadsheet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I, I gave the spreadsheet the old college try, JT. Oh, there it is. I actually, I wish I could have placed an over-under on a college try reference from one of us. <laughs> it was, oh, I, I've just been waiting, like, how, how quickly could I get that out there? <laughs> Which was maybe a mistake. Maybe we should have seen how long we could have gone without saying the old college try. So this week, in the Jeremy Makes a Ridiculous Spreadsheet Just to Have Fun Talking About Movies on his podcast with his buddy JT, our categories include the movie and the cast, as, as, as we like to go to. Yep. We have rewatchability, because I felt in this genre, it was a factor. Yeah. I have college stereotypes. How many <laughs> kind of tropey things do we see in this? That's fun. I like that one a lot. I have college events, like most colleges have like a homecoming and a, and a graduation ceremony and spring break and all sorts of other freshman rush and all sorts of other college, collegiate event traditions. I like so it. how present is that? And then finally, I have the 
how much does a college education factor into the movie about college, given that college is about getting an education? Uh, that is a very interesting one. And looking at my list very quickly would have been very difficult <laughs> for some of the movies that I have selected. Yeah, that one just I, – I actually did not check all prior sheets, so I cannot attest to the perfect validity of the statement. But I believe it actually had the lowest average score of any column I've, I've come up with this thus far. That would make sense. That would track to me. Yeah. And so our movies this week will go on a, on a range from 63.5 all the way up to a balming 90, 90 degrees, maybe even 93 in the sun. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Or in other words, from a D to an A minus. <laughs> there it is. We're under, I think we're right about at the five minute mark and we've got two good, good college dad jokes. I love this. There there may be more coming. We'll see. We'll see how we, how we roll. I'm sure there are, which leads us into our next thing, which is Jeremy, do you have a Shawshank this week? JT, ready for the real time on the fly pivot? Oh, JT, we're doing something different. I warned you there'd be a little shenanigans today. I got a little shenanigans. For today's episode, for the first time on the Lo-Fi Top 5 podcast, we are doing the Shawshank head-to-head showdown. Okay. See, we're different generations, buddy, as you pointed out. And so we have different kinds of affinity. Mine span, I think, a lot of these movies. Yours is a little different. Just getting that age thing. So today we're going to compare and contrast Animal House and PCU. Oh, interesting. Okay. I have 16 categories for us to rush through because we will rush through them. Oh, my God. (laughs) And we shall see what we make of this thing. I have no idea what to expect of the outcome. This could be all over the map. I thought of this as a scoring point-driven game, but I don't know if that's going to work at all. So are, 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 we, are we ready to try an on-the-fly impromptu? JT was not ready and probably disapproves of having this showdown. I do not disapprove of this. I think you're going to be sadly mistaken if you think I can draw parallels between the two because of just how little Animal House matters to me. I'm so sad. I'm so, so sad. But I'll try my heart. I mean, I've seen it, obviously. But, like, if, if you're asking me to, like, remember deep cuts or, like, make comparisons between characters and stuff, pal, you're in you're in for a sad, sad 80s moment. All right. Well, we'll do our best anyway. Because <laughs> you know what? I'm ready for it. And I got a whole bunch of stuff in my little my little notes here. So, Let's do it. starting off, we're going to compare casts. Okay. Casts. That's a hard word to say on the microphone, I think. Casts. <laughs> The cast of Animal House includes Tom Hulse, Kevin Bacon, John Belushi, Karen Allen, Tim Matheson, Peter Riegert, Bruce McGill, Donald Sutherland, and Verma, Verna Bloom. Okay. That's not the entire cast. Those are all the people who have pretty significant careers. Yeah, and I would argue that of the list you just said, three of them are like hard standouts. Uh, yeah, and if you recognize a few other names, like... Yeah, Sutherland, Karen Allen, actually Kevin Bacon, even Tom Hulse did a lot of Broadway stuff. So that's my, that's the Animal House cast. We're going to compare the cast of PCU that I would argue is at the same stature includes Jeremy Piven, John Favreau, David Spade, Jake Busey, and Jessica Walter. Yeah, so uh, so is, is my job to, to say which one's better? Is that my job? 
Yes, yeah, sure. Again, it, it's not fully fleshed out, but I thought we would maybe have a quick chat on each and then declare which one we felt has the edge. Okay, this one I think goes to Animal House without question because PCU has the two biggest names, I think, arguably, except maybe Kevin Bacon. Um, Belushi, obviously, huge name, but also limited career just because of his life. But the the rest of the cast in PCU is pretty pedantic in comparison to how big... I, th- I think this is an Animal House for sure. Cool, I agree. Okay. Next up, director. The director of PCU is one Hart Bachner, 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 uh, otherwise known as the guy from Die Hard. The guy from Die Hard, right. <laughs> and Animal House is directed by John Landis, who went on to direct all comedies of the 1980s. Right. So Jonathan Landis. <laughs> okay. Next. Live musical performance during the movie. Oh, uh, this is PCU. All right, if you may or may not recall, just, just before we get there, I'm going to present to you the options and then, then you can choose the winner. We have Oda's Day and the Knights doing yeah. Shout. Oh, yeah. And we have George Clinton and the Parliament Funkadelic. And the Parliament Funkadelic, man. Yeah, I, I think it's PCU also. <laughs> as much as Shout, it's such as iconic everything. Just that everything about that Rager party, George Clinton, is so good. Yeah, it, that, listen... It's it's just a dog in me, baby. It's got it's got to be PC. <laughs> uh, official scoring: uh, Animal House has a seventy nine on Metacritic and a seven point five average rating on IMDb, whereas PCU is sitting at a forty two, which I think is highly undeserved. Yeah, uh, and an IMDb average of six point six. So. Here's what I would say. I think Animal House is probably, I'm going to steal from Ryan Rossillo and SVP who used to do this on ESPN. I think that's appropriately rated. That that feels right. Um, but I think it's getting a lot of extra points because it was Animal House. Like in in culture, it was Animal House. PCU, I think, was met with a lot of like disdain because they were basically doing a modern interpretation of Animal House, but Animal House already existed. And it's a movie that was set out to piss people off and succeeded, by the way. So I think it definitely isn't – I don't think it's accurately portrayed as far as its score, but I don't think it would be as high as Animal House, even if it was. Just because Animal House was kind of a – listen, it was a pivotal movie. A lot of movies – there's a lot of movies that do Animal House. It's funny. I basically agree. I was ready to give PCU as many as 20 – Metacritic points from the pers- which would bring it up to a sixty-two. Still not Animal House is seventy-nine, which I think is at least like five points a little too high. Yeah, probably. Uh, the thing PCU also suffers from is, as you said, sort of the prior art problem, right? Like when you say, "Oh, well, it's no Animal House," then you feel more negative to it. But in the universe where there hadn't been an Animal House, I'll bet you PCU would be responded to much more favorably. Yeah, I actually, I agree with you entirely. I think 20 is right. It's a mid-60s. It should be in the mid-60s. It's definitely not a 70, and Animal House is probably a mid-70, but it's definitely not a 42. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. Revenue. Uh, PCU grossed, let's do this the other way around. Animal House grossed a, a box office mojo. So this is either, this is fully adjusted. This is, Animal House grossed. $141,600,000 is ranked 414th all time. Okay. PCU grossed $4.3 million. <laughs> That's actually, so I knew it was going to be low. Maybe like, but is PCU a cult thing? Again, PCU came out in 94. So Baby JT is nine. This is not a movie that I found until later. 
right? So like, to me, I felt like everyone I've ever met loves PCU, but maybe it wasn't a thing until later on, or was it just like one of those college movies? Yeah, it was like a cult kind of movie. Okay. By the way, I, I thought you were going to finish that off with, I, I knew it would be low. I didn't know it would be this low. <laughs> All right. I was going to do this thing where I prepared the top 10 quotes from each of them, uh, but given the time, it ain't going to work out. Okay. Do you want to pick the top three? How about top three? I'll give you a, all right. So we have, from Animal House, we have such quotes as, thank you, sir, may I have another? Classic. We have the entire, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor sequence? Which is a great scene. And we have, let's go with, if I have to pick a third. <laughs> they took the bar. The whole bleep bar. <laughs> right. Which, okay. by the way, is a gag they pull in PCU. Yeah. So now into PCU, we've got, this definitely has to be one of the top. Uh, you're wearing the shirt of the band you're going to see. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. We have, <laughs> I think this will go up there. We have, that's the beauty of college these days, Tommy. You can major in Game Boy if you know how to bleep. <laughs> yes. And then, oh gosh, I, lo I love so many of these. Well, we'll end with Fizz Ed. All right, stud, you're out of my room. Seriously, get out. Yep. Yeah. So for me, it's, they're both very, so here's the thing. Realistically, the of the ones you just gave, like PCU is funnier to me because I just love that movie so much. And it's more like, I don't know, of a moment. But like, as far as like quotability, it, it goes to Animal House. But while we're on this topic, I would like to throw two quotes at you, one from each movie, and you have to tell me which one's better. Okay. Okay. The first one is toga, 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 or chips, 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 chips. <laughs> I thought you were going to compare toga to the one where it's gutter as a tool, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think chips... Well, chips chips is funnier now because Toga existed before, you know. Yeah. So here's where I come down to. This is going to be an interesting take for a second, JT. I think Animal House's quotes are far more iconic movie quotes. Sure. And PCU's might actually be funnier. I think they are less iconic. They won't make it. You won't get all the people who know what you're doing. If if I had split this into two categories, quotes that people will know versus just generally funnier individual lines but i'm going to interpret the latter not the former just to give pcu the win on this one i like it yeah i mean i definitely would pick pcu because i can't i have context for all of those quotes right and so they're hilarious and the fact like you know even chips i would pick chips because meathead college frat guys at a party yelling chips because there's no chips is hysterical <laughs> it's pretty damn good all right we have a few more these are much shorter so don't worry uh, worst dumb major that someone in the movie is taking. Uh, in PCU, that would be Sanskrit. Sanskrit. Yeah, Sanskrit. Yes. <laughs> in Animal House, it is primitive cultures. Sanskrit. You majored in a 3,000 year dead language. Latin, best I got. <laughs> I agree. Uh, the plan that the you know protagonist group takes on to overcome their challenge. Okay. In Animal House, it's sabotage the parade. Yep. 
In PCU, it's Planet Campus Wide Rager with George Clinton. Yeah, PCU. I think PCU's is a little better too. What they got in trouble for? PCU. I mean, it's said Rager, but we're gonna. I'm, I instead put in for this one throwing meat at vegan protesters. <laughs> right. right. Meat tossers. <laughs> in Animal House, it was bad grades plus generic hijinks and shenanigans. Meat tossers wins. <laughs> Yeah, throwing meat's got to win. Best uh, protagonist, knowing that these are both ensemble movies, in Animal House, it's Larry Kroger. That's played by Tom Hulse, a.k.a. Wolfie. Uh, In PCU, it's Tom Lawrence, high school student. Oh, this might go to Animal House. I think so. I think the funniest thing, by the way, is that the character of Larry Kroger is also played by a guy named Tom, just like Tom Lawrence. Right. So, uh, meaner antagonist, Niedermeyer, who is the military cadet. Sure. And PCU's Rand McPherson. Rand McPherson, everybody. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm probably, everybody who loves Animal House is probably going to hate this, but I actually think Rand. I like, I, I think Rand is swarmier and worse. I'm going to give this one a tie. Oh, okay. Book. That's fair. I think they're both pretty, pretty, pretty out there in different ways. Uh, best head of school. We have Dean Warmer and we have President Garcia Thompson doing the bird dance. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know how to write this because they're both awful at their job. I guess Warmer probably. Garcia Thompson's just despicable. She's so she's like so easy to hate. She is, but Warmer's not only bad, he's also corrupt and in league with a mayor who threatens to have his legs broken. I, 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 I want to go – it's a bear nod to uh, to Warmer, but I think he's slightly worse as a as yeah, high school. Yeah, I agree. Although she does want to get rid of the hockey team for – what was it? Uh, oh. the, I don't even remember. Uh, head of the fraternity slash protagonist group. In Animal House, it's Hoover. And in PCU, it's Jaws. I mean – it's this is a no-brainer for me. Coffee now. Yeah, yeah. Dumber heavy set friend. We have Animal House's Flounder versus Gutter. Um, because you you said dumber, and Gutter's really dumb. <laughs> I think Gutter is dumber. He's dumber. I think uh, I think Flounder has other attributes, but on the dumber side, I think it's Gutter, and then. Uh, best party, Toga Party or the Rager? Both very good parties, uh, both easily 8 out of 10s, uh, but I'm going to the Rager all day, every day. The only problem, the only reason that would make me not go is they were charging for toilet paper. Right, you wouldn't, but you'd still go to that party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that's yeah. like nickel and dime stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not going to need toilet paper, but I, I'm considerate of my female friends who would have gone to with me with that to that party. You know, I might have to go with a tie on this one also. I got a kind of feeling. They're pretty close. Okay. Plus, we have enough. All right. I'm calling it. And here's our final score. We have two ties. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven categories that we picked Animal House and one, two, Five, six categories we picked for PCU. Therefore, I will Shawshank Animal. I will Shawshank Animal House for today's episode. Okay, I approve of you Shawshanking Animal House. So now it's my turn. I'm going to Shawshank PCU. 
I approve of you, Shawshank PCU. Great. Let's get into the top five, everybody. <laughs> Uh, that was fun. Uh, you know what? Well done. That was well done. Uh, okay, so that does mean it's my turn. Uh, and I don't know. It's weird. There's a couple of these. I struggled putting the top five together. I had no problem putting a list together, but getting the top five. I also want you to know as a fun little game, I have chosen what I thought your top five would be. Uh, so far, oh. one of them is out because Animal <laughs> House. <laughs> Well, we'll see how you do. Yeah. Should, uh, should I do the same really quick? Because I'm pretty sure I can do some of this. Oh, uh, we'll see. Uh, well, let's start with this one. Uh, this is I actually want to fly through this one. We've talked about this on the on the cast before. Uh, January 9th, 1988. Nope, 1998. With a 70% on Metacritic. The number 86 movie on IMDb's DB's top 250. Uh, of the, I only got three for you, by the way. Uh, oh no, you'll do this one. Of the three, I, I'm I'm confident you'll pick this one. Is Goodwill Hunting? Yes, that is that, that is this one. Uh, <laughs> we have talked about this a bunch. I thought about Shawshanking it, but both PCU and Animal House just were better, and those were the two that I was stuck between. But I was actually leaving. I, w- I was hoping you would do PCU so that I could then pick that you were going to pick Animal House. I don't think we need to talk a lot about why Goodwill Hunting is so good. Um, it's brilliant. Uh, I talked about it very recently. What's up? What were your top five words, buddy? Oh, uh, so for this one, uh, I wrote on a bench, very serious. Ooh. I wrote solving hard math at MIT. Yeah, that, that would have given it away, which I like. Yeah, I was trying to be, I was trying to obfuscate this one because the movie's so obvious. Look, it's just, it's a movie about college. Like it's, it has to do with college and it's an amazing performance and there's a bunch of really cool trivia about it and Robin Williams is the best. I don't think we need to dive into it. Goodwill Hunting is awesome. I just couldn't keep it out of my top five. Yeah, I think it's a great pick. It's in my pong. So, well done. Sweet. Alright, the first of the five. Um, I'm going to do the one that I think is on your list too. I think we have one entry in common this week. I could be very wrong. Okay. So that's where I'm going to start today. And then we'll go from there. So 2001. Okay. With a Metacritic score of 59 and 81.5 in my spreadsheet. Okay. <laughs> the cast includes Selma Blair and Ali Larder. Uh, oh, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't even know what this is. All right. Well, the five words you'll get are surprise student at Harvard Law. Oh, legally blonde. Yeah. Yeah. This is not even in my pong. Really? I don't like that. I've seen this movie once. I thought it was trite and didn't really care for it and have never seen it again. My wife loves this movie. I think it's super fun and cute. Yeah. I think it does such a fun job of taking a basically set of all unlikable characters and then mashing them up with some likable ones and seeing where they go and having that, like, what's the, what's the, uh, it's not like the coming, I mean, it's a coming of age, but there's a coming of age, like when the person's like all fancy and then becomes all sort of normal. I like that. I like that plot line in general, that trope. I can't remember the term for it. It's possibly my favorite of Reese's performances. I don't love her as I think she's very talented. I'm not taking it. I just right. I don't I don't connect with her super well as an actress. Uh, I love the cast. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge is in this from uh, the the what's Steffler, the, the Steffler's mom. movies. <laughs> Steffler's mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 
I, I think it does it does it's, it does that right job of not taking itself so seriously. It's like a it, it's almost like the movie is is referencing making movies in a fun silly way for me. So I've liked this ever since it came out. Thought it was going to be in your wheelhouse, and that's one of my picks. Yeah, I like it. I respect it. I think like it definitely is a movie for people of my generation. People love this movie. I just and listen. I haven't rewatched it in a since I watched it the first time, and I just remember thinking like, oh boy, it just felt like. I don't know. It, it felt not phoned in, but like it just felt sort of, it's, I don't know. It was aggressively predictable. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know what? This is a movie that I would rewatch and my wife would love you for me having to rewatch this. So maybe you, know what? you rewatch it. I'll, I'll rewatch it too. And then we can do a whole thing about it. I'm yeah. in. I'm in. All we'll, right. I'll put, it, I'll we'll, put it on our list. Yeah. We'll do what we just watched Legally Blonde because I should watch it again and see if I actually like it now. Also remember, like I probably saw that literally when it came out. And so I would have been 16 and I don't know that that was, and like, this is also right, right around fast and furious came out at the same time. So if I had to like one of two movies, I can tell you which one I wasn't liking. <laughs> yeah. Legally blonde or fast and furious. I right. wonder where we're going. I can tell you for sure that I definitely did not have legally blonde on my list of your top five. Yes. <laughs> so you win. <laughs> you win that one. Uh, all right. I'm going to go to October 15th of 2014 with an 88 on Metacritic and the 45th movie on the IMDb top 250. Wait, what year? 2014. And what's the Metacritic one more time? An 88. Oh my goodness. I don't, the, whatever this is, is definitely not on my list for that kind of a score. Yeah. 88. Oh my gosh. I don't think I have anything in the 80s from my entire list and Pong inclusive. Uh, oh no, I have one. All right, there's one. Okay, give me uh, give me some people and some some words and stuff. Uh, I will give you Melissa Benoist and Austin Stowell. Cool. Are those <laughs> are those are those like people I should have ever heard of? Uh, what about Chris Mulkey? No. Okay. Uh, how about if I give you either, if I give you either of the mains, it's over. I'll give you my, my five words. Not quite my tempo. Is this whiplash? This is whiplash. Oh yeah. He's in college. He's at a conservatory. He's at a music conservatory college. And so Mm. this is me sneaking this in. (laughs) Ah, I was looking for movies like these, by the way, I went out (laughs) looking for movies and it's funny because all the ones I found wouldn't even make my pong cut. There was this movie in the, uh, mid-90s. Anyhow, what a good pick. I love Whiplash, and I know you know I love Whiplash. Well, so, and it's funny, because I could have swore that, like, I've talked about Whiplash before, and I think maybe because you've brought it up on a podcast previously, but I never have. And I loved this movie. Like, I mean, this is like a Desert Island kind of, like, holy moly, this is one of my favorite movie movies. Uh, Everything about this, I found it a couple things I didn't know. Like, this was shot in 19 days. Have we talked about that? They shot this in 19 days. I heard that one. Yeah. Holy moly. Uh, JK Simmons has won 47 awards for his role as Fletcher, which feels like not enough. Oddly. <laughs> not enough. Uh, uh, every time I see he was in that, uh, he's in the, the justice league. Uh, I was just, I just passed the part that he's in. I'm like, uh, it's not Fletcher. Dude, it's so good. But like, so the reason that this is on the list is, first of all, I was hoping the reason it was my number two pick is because I wanted to sneak this past you because I was really hoping you didn't catch it. Because this is one of the ones I came up with quick and I was like, wait a minute, 
Teller was in a conservatory. I mean, that's college. That's that's school. And I was like, oh, dude, I got. And I like went back and I was like, yeah, it was. And I got to tell you, as happens every single time, like I just looked up the IMDb and then wound up watching like fifteen to twenty minutes worth of clips from this movie because it's just so freaking good, dude. Like Damien Chazelle is a monster. J.K. Simmons, I think, is one of the better actors around right now. He has incredible range from like. State Farm commercials to whatever it is, like they're travelers. But like then you see you see him in this. Even tell Miles, even though Miles Teller does not have a great reputation, he was so good in this role. Like so good. Yeah, I, I think this is one of those I and I don't mean this in any disrespect to the actor, but I don't ever need to see Miles Teller again after that performance. Like I'm like, that was I love you for that. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's going to be, it's tough. He's done one or two other movies where I thought he was good, but they're never serious roles. He's done other stuff where it's like rom com and I'm like, oh, okay, you can play this. But like, I can't imagine him topping this. And I watched that boxing one he was in, which he was pretty good in. But literally, listen, Whiplash is on my list because it's an incredible movie, obviously with an 88. And literally the note, why, why it's on my list? Because I really hope Jeremy forgot this movie and I get to sneak it in. <laughs> well played, sir. By the way, you think JK would have made the that guy's list had he not done this role? That's a really interesting question. I think of him uh, in a bunch of other really random bit parts, but yeah, I guess I can't think of him as a lead. He was in The Lady Killers in a great, he's so good, but no, it's usually, yeah, I guess maybe he would have been. Could have been, right? Yeah. All righty then. I'm going to go to the opposite of Whiplash. I'm going to pick the single worst movie on my list uh, for discussion purposes. Okay. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm stoked. 1984 with a Metacritic of 44 and a spreadsheet adjustment of 85 starring Timothy Busfield, John Goodman, and Curtis Armstrong, who is unquestionably an 80s that guy. Like, do you know who Curtis Armstrong is? No. Right. But, like, all the Gen Xers listening absolutely know who Curtis Armstrong is. Okay. And my five words for you are fitting in at Adams College. All right. You said this was 1984? I did. With a 44? It is. Okay. So this is this is on my list of Jeremy will have this. And my five words were retribution of the goobers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is Revenge of the Nerds. Yep. Uh, Curtis Armstrong plays Booger, by the way. So what's funny is when you said he's a total that guy of the 80s, I didn't want to lie and say I knew who Curtis Armstrong was, but I was 100% sure it was going to be Booger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie, by the way, has an insane cast. It really does. Yeah, it's crazy. Look, you can't, the movie does not hold up. I haven't watched it probably since I was in college. It There's no way it holds up. It's wholly inappropriate in every way. But I don't know, because like, that's more than half my lifetime ago, and I loved seeing it back at that time. And I mean, there's a tricycle race while they play uh, Daisy in the background. Right. Which, by the way, as a craziest trivia fact, I happen to know is the there was an interview with I want to say it was it was either Howard Shore or or James Horner or another one of these like really really established composers. And then the question was, what is the weirdest gig you've ever had? And the answer was having to recut Daisy to go along with a bunch of college kids uh, on a tricycle competition while drunk. Yeah. 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 That's in this movie, as is so many other things that 
like I, I don't. It's almost like I don't really want to talk about it that much. But I loved this movie. The everything from the 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 sound effects uh, Winslow from from the Police Academy guy movies. Yep. Uh, Lamar, his name's Lamar for Lambda Lambda Lambda. Right, that's the yes. Yeah, yeah. And Omega knew. I, I I could probably quote this movie most most start to top start top to bottom. Lewis and Gilbert were like the coolest two, not cool, but like such a good, like such good buddies on screen. And I also will recognize this movie does not hold up and, and crosses every line that we no longer can tolerate in movie making today. And and that and probably for the best, but it's got a special place in my heart as a favorite college movie. Yeah. I, I knew this one would be on the list. And to be honest, like whereas animal house, isn't a huge thing for me. I love this movie. Like this is a movie where if I'm like scrolling through and it's on, depending on the scene, there's like a probably I'd give it like a 78% chance that I'm hanging around. Like there's just so many good stuff. There's so much good stuff in this and it doesn't hold up. But like, again, it existed at a moment in time and for that moment in time, it was, it was special. It was a special movie. It definitely is in the list of things where you have to really explain the eighties to other people. Yes. Yeah. 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 For sure. All right, what's your next pick, buddy? All right, so I'm going to do something similar. Um, so I'm going to go to August 18th, 2006 with a 47% on the old Metacritic. I will give you six. Blake Lively and Adam Hirschman. Okay, I know who they both are actually this time, so that's a good sign. But I, 2006? 2006. Not that. Okay, go on. So this is, the five words will be rejected, dejected, then accredited. Rejected, dejected, and then accredited. Someone gets thrown out of school. I mean, I don't even, I'm thinking, this is going to be one of those, either it's like a rom-com or coming of age movie that, that is more your generational wheelhouse than mine. So what what you got for me, buddy? Okay, so this is accepted. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so Justin Long, Jonah Hill, and Lewis Black. The very, oh. very short version, the plot, which I'm not giving anything away, is they don't get into the – Justin Long doesn't get into the school that he wants to get into. He creates a college just to get his parents off his back, but creates the college a little too well and winds up actually having hundreds of kids show up to go to this fake school. Which is called? I've the, seen that. It's called the South Harmon Institute of Technology, which just spell out what those four <laughs> letters are, and their mascot is the sandwiches. So the South Harmon Institute of Technology sandwiches, dude. This is such a fun movie. This is like such a fun movie. I've definitely seen this. It has Jonah Hill um, playing like. He's, so Jonah Hill's in the good college that nobody else got into, but he's hanging out with his friends who started this college. There's all of these misfit toys. It's the island of misfit toys in a college, but they're all really good people. And I actually think, like, aside from the fact that Justin Long is one of my like low key favorite, like underappreciated comedic actors, he's so funny. Um, and the Lewis Black role in this was written for Lewis Black, which means you know it's perfect. Like it's right. it is quintessential Lewis Black. But this movie's actually really thoughtful and sweet and cute. 
like it's got baby Blake Lively and it's just like about like all these misfits who like just want to fit in and are so desperate to fit in in a system that's not really set up for them because they learn differently, but they still have the desire to learn. It actually has like some really poetic stuff about like education and what it means. It's like really, it's really cute, man. Like I really like this movie and I think it's like 47 is a sham. It's definitely better than that. It's not like a 70s something. It's like in a 60s somewhere, but it's just like, it's a really, really fun movie. And it definitely speaks to my college experience, which was like, I wasn't one of those kids that joined the frat and really loved college. College was a genuine inconvenience to me and I hated every second of it. And this movie, I think, captures that, but also the camaraderie of being in school together. There's a lot of like, the undertones in this are way better than it gets credit for. It's a really, really cute movie. It's also hilarious. Is this in some weird, weird, weird way the how you make Revenge of the Nerds in the 2000s? So the reason this worked out perfect, literally when I wrote down Jeremy will have Revenge of the Nerds, I, I thought to myself and I will follow up with Accepted because Accepted is how you – It's I still don't know if this holds up entirely because 2006 was also a different time. Uh, but it would hold up a heck of a lot more. And it's, yeah, I think this is basically like a modern day version. Listen, derivative work. Maybe one of the reasons it was so panned was because it's not Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, I definitely saw it. I don't remember much about it. I sort of, I, I can picture Lewis Black being Lewis Black. Yeah. You know, which is great. That's what he does. Yep. Don't ever have Lewis Black do anything but be Lewis Black. He is the best Lewis Black there is. <laughs> Absolutely. But I don't remember that much. I can't even look you in the eye and say I, I remember liking or disliking this movie. I, I, I have this vague memory where, like, the, he creates a school, right? Like that's and it's faked entirely until his parents show up or something like that. Some yeah, typical they, conflict yeah, moment. Dude, it's yeah. it's it's such a phoned-in yeah. concept. Like they make a website and then a bunch of people apply and they have to have a parents' day. But on your spreadsheet, it would have hit a bunch of the really fun college rubrics. Because it's a movie about a college, dude. It's just, yeah, I actually really enjoy this movie. Nice. Well, I'll try to follow theme in a bizarre way. We'll see if it works. We're going back to the 80s, buddy. You, you don't say. And not for the last time today. <laughs> I know. This time it's 86 with okay. a Metacritic of 68. So, okay. you know, there. Uh, spreadsheet 60, 82.5. Uh, my dog is very upset at this pick, I think. And... <laughs> <laughs> two of the character, two of the actors I'll give you, and and sort of a hint is that they are clearly not the leads. Uh, one is Robert Downey Jr. Yep. The other is good old William Zabka. Okay, so I I think I have this in my Jeremy will pick this movie probably. And my my five words were diving board scene. I think. Good one. Uh, I just have final exams, Grand Lakes University. Okay, so this is back to school? It is back to school. Uh, okay. Right. <laughs> okay. And the triple indie is the scene you're referring to. If you have not picked up my shtick on my five-word thing yet, you know, yeah. you're probably not going to at this point. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, back to school. You know, I just rewatched this uh, about, I got to go with maybe two months or so ago. Definitely... I, I look it could have been four. I mean, who knows? It's still pandemic, so it could have been eight months ago. For all I really know, at this point, it feels like more recent than that. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. And it doesn't perfectly hold up the way most things from the eighties don't perfectly hold up. But it was a ton of fun. Like it's a great cast. I mean, the lead is this weird kid. I don't know if he's acted. I think he did like two or three weird eighties movies. 
But Rodney Dangerfield in this movie is so great. I think I, I have a tough time deciding if I prefer Rodney in Back to School or Rodney in Caddyshack. Because they like Caddyshack's more of his sort of stand-up one-liner-ish, you know, retorts, whereas this movie has to carry more scenes. And he kind of does. Like, he's a comic, not an actor, in a time where you were either a comic or an actor. Right. And he was great. Uh, the everything about the triple ND, it's got M. Emmett Walsh. I right. mean, what else do you want? Nothing. And this scored highest on my academics category because the real quest here is him, you know, going back to school and finishing up a grade. Yeah. Uh, basically a, a, a precursor to Billy Madison. <laughs> so have you seen this movie? Oh, yeah, I've seen it. And did you recall really enjoying it? So I remember... Oh boy, I, I want to blaspheme this so bad. So my introduction to Rodney Dangerfield was his stand-up through my mom. And I knew him through stand-up. And then I remember seeing Caddyshack, but he also started a movie called Ladybugs with Jonathan Brandis. Sure. Which was aimed at my generation. And I remember seeing that because Jonathan Brandis was in Sequest, which was a show I really liked. And so I'm pretty sure I saw this movie after I had seen him as Jonathan Brandis' stepdad in Ladybugs. And so, like, my movie introduction of him was more, like, older, dangerous. He was old and back to school. He was old his whole career, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. But but this isn't that category. It just shows you some generational stuff. So to you, Rodney Dangerfield, your earliest memory is is the coach in this pretty mediocre kid soccer movie. That, like, yeah. my Again, I was lucky because my mom loved comedy. So I knew him as a stand-up. Like, I remember his stand-up from Carson. That's what okay. I, that, I. So when I saw him in Ladybugs, I'm like, oh, that's the guy from Johnny Carson. He's one of the he's one of the comedians. But then, like, I learned about all his movie. Like, I learned about Caddyshack way after that. I learned about this movie way after that. So I have seen this probably twice or three times, and remember enjoying it. Like, remember enjoying it as a. I bet this was a funny movie in the eighties. I like that. It, it, the parallel in my head, by the way. If your first Dangerfield exposure was was Lady Ladybugs, that's like my first time seeing Christopher Plummer act was as the bad guy in Dragnet. Right. <laughs> right so enough. there you go. Right. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. That's perfect. No, it's a good pick. I knew it was coming, and I'm glad it did because I, if you didn't pick this, I think a lot of our Gen X audience would be mad at you. For sure. No, there's no way I wasn't. But there was no way I wasn't picking it. Right. It just it was it was guaranteed pick. Perfect. All right, my next one, and now for something completely different. Uh, let's go to October 1st, 2010, with a 95 on Metacritic. Wow. <laughs> Where are they finding these movies, JT? I am so impressed. All right, continue. Uh, I will give you Dakota Johnson and Wallace Langham. Dakota Johnson. Is she the one from War of the Worlds? Well, that's Dakota Fanning, isn't that's it? That's Dakota Fanning. Dakota Johnson is uh, uh, Meg Ryan's kid. Oh. You know, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. When I was growing up, the only Dakotas were states. That's true. That's true. All right. What's your five words? <laughs> uh, revenge of a digital nerd. Whoa. What year did you say? 20... 20- 2010. 10? Yep. With a 95? 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is like some great movie that I'm not even remotely thinking about. My my uh, 2010 highly reputable. Ah, uh, you got me, buddy. This is The Social Network. Oh, never saw it. What? You know, I worked in Silicon Valley. I was in Silicon Valley when the movie was coming out. I'm very anti-Facebook. And, and so the movie came out. I'm like, I don't need to do it. I need nothing to do with this. I know it's finished. Everything about it says I should have seen it. I like the cast, the director. I'm sure I would enjoy the movie. And I just sort of don't want to see it. Okay, that's fair. So I also am not a Facebook person and just like so much so that I recently just put my real name on Facebook. Like it was a big thing for a lot of my friends. They were like, oh my God, it finally happened. But Whoa. yeah, I just, I really don't like their policies at all. However, uh, this movie was astoundingly good. Um, it was like so, so, so very, very good. Uh, first of all, Fincher, Gone Girl, Seven, This, also, yeah. a really prolific career in music videos, of which I am such a huge fan of music videos. I love that dude. Secondly, the cast was great. Justin Timberlake was really good. Rooney Mara was great. Andrew Garfield was stupendous. Jesse Eisenberg, cool thing I didn't know. So he has uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, like diagnosed. And he said that in an interview, one of the hardest things about this role was having to deliberately speak and behave in a way that he had struggled against being like his entire life. Oh, Interesting which gave me a newfound respect for how amazing this performance was because he was biting as Zuckerberg. It was really good. Yeah. Um, but the main reason this is on the list, and I think this is like the first time I've ever really brought him up, is Sorkin. I love everything Aaron Sorkin ever did. If he did a Chantex commercial, I would probably love it. <laughs> Dude, this guy is... The walk and talk, the West Wing, the speed of his conversation, the wit. He's a poet. The rhythm. It's everything he does makes me so happy. Newsroom. Eh, I love this dude. He's probably so smug in real life, but like, I don't care. I like right. him <laughs> so much. Like, dude, the way he writes dialogue is how I want the world to talk. It's so beautiful. And this was cool because Facebook was a big deal to me. I was I was on Facebook when you needed a .edu. Like this was I'm right in the Facebook generation, and I hated it from the beginning because um, <laughs> it was taking away my space, and I like my space because of music. Like it was just so. This movie was it was really profound to watch how they interpreted it. I also we work in the same industry. I know a lot about Facebook. Like I didn't need a retrospective on it. I kind of understood enough of it and didn't need more ammunition. But I got to tell you. Not only does this give you more ammunition and a decent insight into it, it is a profoundly well done movie. Like from I'm sure, start to finish, they didn't miss a beat. So good. And this was another one where, when I thought of it, I was like, "How much of that movie was really in Harvard?" And I'm like, "A lot of it. Like a lot of that was in Harvard." I'm like, "Yeah." So much so that I remember that Sorkin, a lot of his dialogue and the way he wrote a bunch of this was because he's friends with Natalie Portman, who you may or may not know was in school with Zuckerberg at the time at Harvard. And so a lot of the feeling, like the actual feelings that are interpreted from other students and from people in this movie is from a round table that Zuckerberg or that got put together by Portman for Sorkin to be able to pull out all of this information from how people felt when it was happening, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's really neat. Wow. That's a great pick. It, it was when I was doing the Googling, it was there every time and I was like, well, I didn't see it. So I can't put it on my list. Yeah, it's so good. This, this I was excited to think of this one because it really wasn't 
this is this one in Whiplash were the two where I like got to, I got there without looking and then went looking and found Social Network on a couple lists and went vindicated. I'm like, all right, I'm good. I'm running with this. No, you're uh, and, and look, your Metacritic average for the day is soaring, really high. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll bring it down a little bit, but not too far. Perfect. Nineteen. Actually, I'll save this one for last. Nineteen ninety. We'll go to next. Ooh. I will predict that you do not have this on your list for me. I can probably already tell you I don't. I also don't think you've seen it, but we'll find out. Metacritic score is 78, spreadsheet 74. This got the J- Jeremy points just to make my final top five. But we haven't talked about it, and I like this movie, and I want to talk about it for just a couple of minutes. Uh, we'll give you Bruno Kirby and Frank Whaley. Oh, all right. <laughs> Bruno Kirby's from City Slickers and When Harry Met Sally. Okay, now I know who he is. Thank you. That's helpful. Frank Whaley, I think he's best known for career opportunities uh, opposite Jennifer, uh, what's her name? Connolly. Yeah, that might as well be Sanskrit. I don't know what you're talking about. Or Aladdin. <laughs> the five words, side job, film student, NYU. Oh, oh, sugar, honey, iced tea. I'm not going to be able to place this movie, but you're right. I do know what it is, and I have not actually seen it. But what, what's the title? The title is The Freshman. Yeah, I haven't seen this. This is one that when I was doing my research was on a couple lists. And I'm like, oh, apparently I should see that movie. And I just haven't. Yeah, you should see that movie. I think uh, I think Jeff and I were ribbing you about this one night, actually. It's, it's, it's definitely up your alley. I haven't seen it forever, so it could be really dated and not hold up. It's got Brando. Love that. And it's got Ferris Bueller. Right, which is also great. <laughs> and it's got the Komodo Dragon. I mean, on, on things that you want in a movie, all of those things, check out. <laughs> it's got hijinks ensuing. Love that, too. It's got mafioso. Even better. Well, there you have it. The Freshman. <laughs> I'm not going to talk too much more. That's it. That's all I want to say. I like this movie quite a bit. It is the lowest on my like actual college anything, because most of it is basically him not being at college, trying to... A, keep a Komodo dragon alive, and, and B, avoid said mafioso. Is that is that the word you're supposed to actually use, mafioso? Yeah, you're doing well. Uh, what what I, All I can think of right now is I want them to do a pitch meeting for this, because if, like, to pitch me a movie that's like, it's got Ferris Bueller, there's a Komodo dragon, it's got the mafia, like, none of it's coming together without really knowing the plot of this movie. It is wild trying to put all of that together into a cohesive storyline right now. I think we're going to have to do a pitch episode then. Sounds <laughs> sounds like we're due. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> All right. What is your fifth and final pick? All right. I By the way, obviously that wasn't on my list of the ones that you had had. <laughs> uh, okay, so this one was – this is – this is kind of a stretch and like I'm actually doing a disservice to my generation because I really should have picked one of two other movies and decided not to and picked this one instead. But I have actually talked about this before, but I don't really count it because it was on either our first or second episode before I really knew what we were doing. So I'm going to bring it up again now. All right. So this movie came out on February 18th, 1994. It's got a, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but a 54 on Metacritic. Mm. I will give you Ed O'Neill and Robert Wool. Ed O'Neill. And Robert, well, what year? 1994. I, 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 by the way, Robert Wool, I think I mentioned uh, this guy, Al Leong, last week. Robert Wool to me was another 80s 
like late 80s actor who I was like, I love this guy. I think he's going to be huge. And the biggest he ever got was basically Batman, whatever you're about to tell me about, and Arliss. Yeah. Yeah. 94, Robert Wool. I feel like I should be able to get this one. Let's let's get my five words here. It's going to be tough. Uh, so the five words are, you cannot win half-assed. Is this a sports movie? It is. I don't think you've seen it. Uh, it's not... It's not the replacement. Is it... Um, I think I have seen it. Uh, uh, oh, this is bugging me now. I think I know. I think I know the movie, and it's not coming to my mind. So I'll, I'll, I'll accept the loss, but I will immediately follow up with, "Oh, that's the one." Unless it wasn't the one. So this is Nick Nolte and our friend J.T. Walsh in Blue Chips. Saw it. Yeah. So I love this movie, and in the sports movies world, this movie is highly disrespected by not being better rated and better considered because it is a really, really good movie that really dives into some pretty serious, like way ahead of its time. College sports are really gross. And like, <laughs> like we're now in the world of like kids fighting for the right to their names and not getting like boosters and all that stuff. And there was the program in the nineties and stuff, but like this movie is so well done. Shaquille O'Neal is hilarious in it, by the way. Uh, Nick Nolte, was the most Nick Nolte he could possibly be. He wrote a 200 page novel about Pete Bell, the coach so that he could really get into the character psyche. He shadowed Bobby Knight for an entire season to prepare for this role. And I got to tell you, having played basketball all the way through, like into high school. Yeah, dude, nailed it. This guy nailed it. Like this was, this is such a great basketball movie. Uh, but also, like, it's just a really good movie. All the characters have very specific points of view. They're all fighting for different things. Um, they have agency. They're doing stuff that makes sense. Nothing that happens in this movie doesn't make sense. Uh, there's a lot of storylines going on at once, but they're not. They're intertwined in a good way, not in the weird jumping between stuff way. I just think it's really well done. Um, and I have watched it relatively recently, like maybe in the last like two or three years. It holds up aggressively well. Like if you showed this to kids now and be like, this is what college sports is like, it's pretty much still like that. And that's like what they were trying to point out as the issue in 1994, which I just think is fascinating. But it also, to me, I needed to have one sports movie on the list. And there's one obvious contender that I didn't want to use because it's just like, it's just the, it's just the sports college movie. There's well two technically I could, I could have done, but this one I thought was a better it was a more interesting view of college, right? Because it's kind of a, it's like a left of center college experience as an athlete, as opposed to being studious and going to all that other stuff. Like they really dived into the sports world. And I also just want more people to see this movie. So I thought I'd bring it up again. Nice. If I recall, this was uh, Nick Nolte channeling his best Gary Busey. Yeah. Yeah. He's real Busey in this. That's exactly right. <laughs> and I think the reason it was poorly received, if, vague memories serve plus some of what you were just saying is probably because of how anti-zeitgeist that was at the time, right? Sure. The nineties was like the nineties was basically, Hey everybody, let's turn sports from a, like a few billion a year industry into a, just a so many, many, many billions. And don't you mess with this. Right. Right. Yeah. And now, now we're in the era where you make movies instead, like, uh, um, what was Will Smith's uh, movie about a concussion, right? And you have, yep. and, and so I think if Blue Chips or a movie like it came out today, you, you'd have a very different response. 
it, it's also crazy to me that it wasn't better appreciated at the time because it had Shaquille O'Neal and Penny Hardaway. And like those were two of the – this is when they were on Orlando. They were both super young. Shaquille O'Neal had just come out of LSU. He is a literal monster. Like he's not, <laughs> he's not a person. He's the size of your grandmother's house. And like he's really compelling in this movie. Like you could see back then who he is now is like, yeah, yes, he's going to be really, really famous. And not just because he's big. Like he's, he's enigmatic and fun and hilarious. I really like this movie. I want more people to watch it. Oh, we knew Shaq would be big. Even though Jordan was – everybody's eyes were on Jordan for like all of the 90s. Shaq showed up one day and it's like, oh, that guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. I like the pick. Um, my final one. And probably my my actual favorite from my list. Ooh. And 100% sure that you are you can predict the following. Okay. Okay. I mean, I can – you want to just – with nothing. You want to just tell me what I'm about to tell you about? August 7th, 1985 with a 71 on Metacritic. That's correct. Uh, my five words were Mad Mordigan is a genius. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> were you going to give me cast members too? <laughs> no, I only know one of them. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, my five words were research project at Pacific Tech. Right. Do you know this movie? Do the movie's Real Genius? So you have brought up Real Genius to me before. Jeff and I have talked about Real Genius because he can't believe I haven't seen it. Another one of our loyal listeners, Ryan, has sent me a text at one point when he was listening to an episode when you reference it and go, dude, how have you not seen Real Genius? It's right in your wheelhouse. You'll love that. He's of my generation, by the way, has seen it though. Uh, yeah, so I just, this is one of those ones where I literally, I just haven't seen it, but I knew that it was going to be in your top five. Well, maybe the next time you're hanging out with a good buddy who's seen it, we should do a little uh, group rewatching or something like that. Sure. So Real Genius, I I don't know if I saw it. I doubt that I saw it in, in, in theaters because I was 12. Right. But this is in my Fletch-like, saw this so many times in the 80s and early 90s, I can't even begin to describe. I, another one, I quote from it liberally. Uh, I, I have quotes from Real Genius that nobody gets because they're just – weird one-off lines in the movie that aren't actually like quotes, but I just like the, I like the phrasings of certain things and I just use it. Uh, I'm dying to show it to my kids. I don't know if it'll hold up for them at all. Cause there's definitely some eighties stuff going on. I mean, it's the eighties, nothing made sense. Right. This is one of those movies. If I were to pitch you, it's like basically this, you know, freshman gets to college, gets involved in building a, a laser that kills people from space. You'd be like, <laughs> go on. I'm like, yeah, that that that's what the movie's about, buddy. You know, and 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 they have a nice skating contest in the dorm and things like that. Right. It, I don't know. It filled me. This like this is the movie that, hands down, was my first belief at what college life was like. Crazy pranks. You know, in the '80s, college was a thing that you go to, and you knew that people played pranks. Like there are famous pranks, like. Ivy League schools, like, there's a whole thing about, like, Harvard, like, training birds to, to eat the seed and permanently scar the fields of, like, like, there's all these crazy stories about college pranks. And I'm watching this movie, and it's just full of them. It's got William Atherton, otherwise known as the uh, the DEA guy from Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, yeah. And the reporter from, from uh, Die Hard. From Die Hard, yep. You know, between William Atherton, Billy Zabka, and Paul Gleason. So Zabka is from Karate Kid. 
uh, just one of the guys and back to school. And Paul Gleason is Clarence Beeks yep. from Die Hard, Trading Places, and uh, and what was the third one? Die Hard, Trading Places, and, Bre- and Breakfast Club. Those three have an interesting trio of being sort of the same smarmy jerk character in three different great movies. Yeah. I got to say there's something about that we got to think about for a future something. Anyhow, combine all of everything I just said with these great little sort of indie performances. This is a weird cast. Like you got Val Kilmer and nobody else. Right. Everybody else in this movie has done like one or two other things. Everybody. So then you have all these people setting up Val Kilmer to deliver some of the best lines in Val Kilmer's perfect version. Like him in the eighties was a whole different Val Kilmer. You know, he was, he was almost a Tom Hanks like person in the eighties where he was funny and quick witted. And, and then all of a sudden he did top gun and then he did this. And then, then he's Matt Mardigan. And you're like, who is this guy? I love real genius. So much. I know you do. I really, this is one where I genuinely do want to see it. And this is, so this came out, I mean, genuinely, I was a month and four days old. Was he, was Val Kilmer Val Kilmer yet though? Like, did did he have a, like, was he a name? No, I'm pretty confident the only thing he had done before this was, was a top secret. Okay. Not a hundred percent on that, but uh, I can find that out while we're, yeah, top secret. Real, listen to this, listen to this character. This is his first, wow, six, seven. I can keep going. Here's his first roles Top Secret, Real Genius, Top Gun, Willow, something called Kill Me Again, The Doors, where he plays Jim Morrison. Brilliantly, by the way. Right. A movie called Thunderheart, which I remember it's a Native American thriller. It wasn't very good. True Romance. Big deal. And, oh, Tombstone. (laughs) <laughs> Batman Forever I'm skipping a couple Heat and then the movie that I think might have killed his career which is The Island of Dr. Moreau which was Brando and him in an awful awful movie that I saw in the theaters by the way Ooh, brutal. so long answer no Val Kilmer was not yet Val Kilmer but he sure was after this right that's awesome yeah I love Val Kilmer he actually I thought he was going to have a resurgence because he did um he was in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and I thought his performance in that was like brilliant. He was brilliant in that movie. He was good. If you never saw it in the late nineties, he did a movie called The Saint. Oh yeah, I saw The Saint. Yeah, yeah, he was good. In the it's Saint. not bad. It's fine. Yeah, it could have gone places. He did a lot of great movies, and then you know, I, again, I don't know if it's Doctor Moreau. I, I've heard he's a, he's supposed to be difficult to work with, which never helps. Right. Don't really know exactly what it is. Again, yeah, I saw Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And I just, I just want to see more of Mr. Kilmer. Yeah. Well, look, yeah. I, I think it's you could start to put a story together as to why he'd be difficult to work with if those were his first seven titles, right? Like he probably started to get a little bit of a golden goose thing going on, right? Because he didn't miss for a while there. Uh, I knew this was going to be on your list. I'm glad it was on your list. And that means I got Revenge of the Nerds, Real Genius, Back to School, and I'm going to give myself a, a, a plus one sort of for Animal House which means I got three of your five or I got four of your six. I feel pretty good about that. Well, when we get to Pog, I'm sure your last one, you have one that you haven't told me about, right? No, that's it. I'm done. Oh, wait. So you got four out of my five plus Animal House. Right. Yeah, well done. 
that's that's I mean, that's like, you know, if you had the the the, the mega millions, you got five out of six numbers and the bonus number. I'd be I would have been close. I well, I missed no because I missed legally blonde and I missed the freshman. So I had four of six. So I was close. I would have gotten paid out. I would have gotten paid out. Free ticket for that. Because right. <laughs> that's how lotto's work. You get a free ticket, then you get five bucks, and then you get ten million dollars. That's exactly right. Uh, okay, so let's move into Pong. I'm going to start uh, with the one that probably should have been for my generation folks who listen in instead of blue chips, which is May of 2000. It had a 55 on Metacritic. And I will give you, did you kill a cheetah? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, this was Road Trip. Oh, I think I saw it and it had no real impact. But yeah, I could... Big generational movie for me. Road Trip was one of the first times that I think kids of my generation re- realized that we could quote movies to one another. It was a big thing. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'll give you. I have two sort of honorable mentions that I threw into Pong. Uh, the first one is 1979 with a Metacritic score of 91. Five words are big race at Indiana University. Oh wait, so oh god, breaking away. Yeah. I never, ever, ever thought of that, even once, and that's pretty dumb. That's a really good one. Yep, well done. Uh, the other one that was a honorable mention for me, again, generational, uh, was 2003 with a 54%. We're going streaking! Frat life at Harrison University. <laughs> yeah, old school. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. My other honorable mention, 1993, Metacritic 71 Improving GPA at Holy Cross. At Holy Cross. Uh, Holy Cross. Rudy? Yeah. Yeah, Rudy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have Rudy, yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I still always love five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing is always going to be my, like, that will always be my, my my five words for him. It's good. No, Holy Cross is the junior college he went to. That he went before. to before he got into Notre Dame. Yeah. I remember now. Yeah, it's good. Uh, okay, so my next one, we'll do 2013 with a 65%, a monster of a prequel. Freshmen pursuing their scare majors. Yeah, okay, Monsters University, well done. Go ahead. 2014, Metacritic of 74, studying robotics in San Francisco. Whoa. Studying robotics. You haven't seen this one. Oh, is this Big Hero 6? It is. Yeah, no, I have not, and I really want. I started it, but my daughter doesn't like bad guys, and there's bad guys in that. So I have oh, to it just starts with bad guys. It sure yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, my next one is uh, 2014 with a 71. Brothers in Law and Order. Going undercover at MC State. <laughs> 22 Jump Street. <laughs> That's right. 1986 Metacritic 33. Leveraging inappropriate scholarship to Harvard. Okay, I don't know the name of this movie, but I've seen it. Is this the one where the boy like changes his skin tone and goes to a school, tries to get into Harvard? See, Thomas Howell gets in on a scholarship to Harvard for a population group he is not part of in a movie that you absolutely would never be able to make. Right. Uh, although, again, it's one of those, like, it's a great concept of a story. Yeah. Right. And, and actually done in what was intended to be a harmless way. And I don't think harm was meant, but you just, in light of everything, you'd be like, yeah, no, we're just not, that's, that it doesn't, we don't matter. We don't care how, how light you meant to be. Don't do that. 
Right. What what's the name of what's the name of the actual movie? Oh, sorry, the movie Soul Man. Soul Man, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I have seen that. And remember thinking, I'm like, this is inappropriate, but like in a kind way. Yeah, it's fine. Like it's but it can't you can't watch, you can't do it now. No. Uh let's do uh, this movie you've probably not seen. 2001 with a 29 on Metacritic, truly the highest of education. No idea. This was Red Man and Method Man and How High, and I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, didn't see it. Uh, I only have four left, by the way, because we're, we're Pogs hitting. 2012 Metacritic 66, Flipping Cups at Barden University. Sing song ping pong. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, that's pitch perfect. Uh, 2002 with a 63, Wild and Out uh, with baguettes. Nothing. <laughs> well, it's, this is uh, Nick Cannon and Drumline. <laughs> I figured Drumline was going to make some Pong list. This is the one. I'll give you one now that I thought might have been your top five. 1998, Metacritic 41, South Central Louisiana State Foosball. Yeah. Uh, student does worst possible extracurricular. This is the Waterboy. It was, it was, the Waterboy. It, Waterboy, like, so Waterboy Road Trip, old, old school, were all like, these are generationally the right things for me to pick. But I, I just picked other stuff. Uh, let's do this was another one. Uh, 2002 with a 26%. I couldn't believe how low that was. I have very fond memories of this, but I've not seen it in a long time. PCU with Deadpool. Whoa. No idea. So this is Van Wilder? Yeah, I never saw that. Yeah, it's probably real bad. I remember the only two jokes I remember thinking were very funny when I saw it. I don't think are as funny now, so it probably doesn't hold up, but that's okay. Fair enough. 1990, Metacritic 55, Defibrillator Experiments at Loyola University. I have no idea what that is. Flatliners. Never seen it. There's even been a remake, although from what I hear, there's no reason to see the remake. The original was with Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, Oliver Platt. Not and Oliver Platt. I know. I mentioned this one to you last week. <laughs> Still haven't seen I haven't seen this or the remake. Uh, all right. <laughs> I only have two left. 1988 with a 52%. They are going to protest. 1988. So you've got my generation, but I have no idea. What is that? So these next two, I thought you might have a chance at. So school days. Uh, Oh, this is with Ben Affleck, right? No, this is school days is is, uh, Spike Lee and Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, uh, I'm thinking, I think it's called glory days. Um, I, this is, this is like Spike Lee's first, first movie, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I never saw. I, I I saw all of his other movies. This one I just never saw. There's interesting trivia about this because this movie didn't do as well as they were hoping, and it wound up meaning that he took the rest of his catalog and sold it to a different place. And like the yeah, like the the way this movie went down really shaped the way that his career went, which is fascinating. I had no idea. I'm gonna go. I have to go find that movie. By the way, that I was because <laughs> I don't want to confuse a Ben Affleck, you know, weird comedy. Oh, it was called Glory Days. Look at that. Okay. 1985, Metacritic of 38, playing advanced paintball at UCLA. No idea. Gotcha. Oh, (laughs) nice. It's a college movie. Yeah, that's fair. My last one, uh, 1991 with a 45, The Replacements in 1980s college. What was the year? 1991. This is... I know what this movie is because I was looking for it before and I saw it and I forgot about it. 
it, it's another movie where they put in like call it like uh, alternate players, right? Yeah, I happen to love this movie. What is it? So this is Necessary Roughness. Yes, with with Scott Bakula, Scott Bakula, Sinbad, and Kathy Ireland. Everybody, <laughs> I'm in. Let's watch that right now, and then go shop at Target. All right, this was a very fun list. So yeah, my picks for you. I thought Waterboy. I thought Goodwill Hunting. Even though I knew we talked about it a bunch, and I thought Legally Blonde. So I went over my three, and you went all you you yeah crushed. All prior expectations. Love credit. You you got you got Goodwill Hunting, and that that counts. Uh, that does mean that we have to do next week. The, the list for next week is on me, uh, Jeremy. I have chosen based on all of the Snyder recut that's happening in the world right now. Wait, uh, what? What is that? I, I don't think I've heard anything about that. What? What? what who? You should check. The is this Twitters. about pretzels? Yeah. Is yeah, this yeah. about pretzels? Right, the the, the great Snyder versus the Snyder's handover debate. Uh, I think we should do this. We've talked about doing this in the past, and I like it now because of all of the pretzel stuff going on. The top five movies that you'd want to sit down and have a one-on-one discussion with the director. I have no idea how we'll title it eventually. It will have to be shorter. But for now, it's the top five movies where you want to sit down and interview the director. Oh, like we get to play as if we were going to be those formal movie reviewers. Like the, all the, everyone's listening to this podcast, and they're like, now we've got to get the director on with those guys. Yeah. I mean, if that's an option, sure. <laughs> okay. Let's make that happen. I like that a lot. That's, oh, so, oh, I love this. There's so much fun to be had. Do the same director twice if we wanted to. I think we have to allow that, right? I mean, it sounds no? like you already need us to. So I'm going to say, how about this? How about you go do the thing you do where you write down all your stuff right after a podcast and we'll figure out how far you get. <laughs> oh, man. But I, but we are going to agree it's about that movie. That's your point, right? Yeah. So, so it's yeah, yeah. single director to a single movie, not a director about their their entire portfolio of work. Pantheon. Sure. <laughs> what a fun pick. Good one, JT. I like it. All right, everybody. As always, follow us on the Twitters and on the Instagrams and share and do all the things you're supposed to do. We actually don't care, but thanks for joining the Lo-Fi Top 5. We can finally say that when some people are having a good time and drinking some beers, throwing some meat, that we're not going to protest. In fact, I promised myself I wouldn't do this. I'm sorry. If we could just say that, if only to each other, just this one time, that we're not going to protest. That we're not going to protest. We're not gonna 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 protest. This is not good. This is really not good. We brought our own. We're not gonna protest. Ladies and gentlemen, please.
Take your seats. Everyone, please take your seats. We're Be quiet.